submit to Hollywood. Show him the ways, move into Hollywood, and stop him into Hollywood. <laughs> Good afternoon, and welcome to another phantasmagorical episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. And I was laughing because that was a hard stop for the music. I, I have... I we 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 doing things over here guys we we're uh we're anyway georgia how are you doing <laughs> i'm doing great and you know i am thrilled and excited to be doing one of my favorite movies i i absolutely love 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 this movie to bits <laughs> okay what's our movie for today ruggles of red gap made in 1935 that's right, starring none other than Charles Lawton, a very young Charles Lawton. I don't, I don't know uh, which, what, what, what. Uh, this wasn't his first movie, was it? No, it was one of the first okay. uh, after he came to the United States. That was such a great year for him because that very same year he also did Mutiny on the Bounty and Les Miserables. The very same year, so 1935, and he did this movie. This was like a banner year for him. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. Um, I, I knew Mutant on the Bounty had to be somewhere in the mix with this. And I thought about Les Miserables, but I, for some reason I thought that was later. Um, all great movies, Mutant on the Bounty. I love him in that movie. I love that movie. Um, but yeah, this, this movie is a hoot. Ruggles of Red Gap. It is a hoot. And, you know, all three of those movies were nominated for Academy Awards for Best Picture. And the one that got Best Picture was Mutiny on the Bounty. Mm -hmm. But uh, this this was his very first comedy. And, boy, does he deliver. You're right, Moya. It is a hoot. And it is, uh, like I've said before, American comedy was at its strongest in the 1930s and 40s. Absolutely. And um, so... Uh, you know, I think, in my opinion, uh, this is like one of the absolute best movies as far as comedies made in the last four or five decades. I mean, it's kind of hard to find a movie that is funny as this one. And it's it's a different kind of funny. It's not the raucous, right. slapstick kind of funny. It is has a quietly droll manner, mm -hmm. but it was made by a comedy master. His name was Leo McCary and Leo McCary uh, was specifically picked by Charles Lawton to do this movie because he wanted a master of comedy. Mm -hmm. And Leo McCary also um, uh, directed the Marx brothers and duck soup. And he's the one who worked with and discovered and teamed together Laurel and Hardy. Okay. And he also did, he also directed um, the Cary Grant, Irene Dunn movie, The Awful Truth. So this guy was just a master at, at doing what he did. And so he was Charles Lawton, excellent cast in the best possible hands this movie was made. And boy, does it deliver. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a huge uh, uh, Marx Brothers fan or Laurel and Hardy I did see the awful truth. Truth that was hilarious, um, but I, you know, so I don't know, man. I, he's he's two for four or whatever you just said for me. So this movie and uh, the awful truth, hilarious, and and I like what you said. It's very true. It's not a you know um, like just falling over laughing like all throughout the picture. You do have to pay attention. Not a dull moment, but the cast is pitch perfect casting. 
And of course, some of your favorite character actors from back then surround Lawton. Of course, the great Zazu Pitts or Zazu Pitts. I'm not sure how she, I think she, she pronounced it Zazu. But anyway, yeah. and she's from the silent era. She was one of the, um, and you wouldn't think, because, you, you know, she was this great beauty. And I don't know if she was like a super huge star in the silent era, but she survived into the talkies. Um, but, you know, all her goofy mannerisms and stuff, a great comedic actress, really, really under, um, no, nobody really talks about her, but she was really funny. Maybe, I, I guess with some people, she might annoy some people with how she is, but I thought she was hilarious. And even though she kind of did the same shtick in most movies, but it was it was still different, if you will, you know, but it, it wasn't boring, let's put it like that. And then Mary Bolin, the way she talks, oh my gosh, she was... So I love her in everything. She kind of almost plays the same ditzy, dizzy, uh, uh, wife or mom, uh, wife or mother or the the uh the, the bossy wife or, or mom or something. But I don't know. Every time I see it, it's not boring. And um, of course Charles Ruggles. Uh, and it has, has has nothing to do with his name. I don't know. That's funny because his last name is Ruggles. It's Ruggles Red Gap. I don't know. I didn't came up with that, but his last name just happens to be Ruggles. Another great comedic actor, been a ton of stuff. Um, so yeah, this was so pitch, pitch, pitch perfect casting. I love the names of these characters. I mean, they're funny. I mean, you've got Marmaduke Ruggles, yes, you've yes. got Egbert Floud and Effie Floud, you've got uh Zazu Piss playing Prunella Judson. I mean, the names just crack me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, they were, but, okay, we always talk about clothes. Most of the time we talk about clothes. The clothes in here, you wouldn't think, you know, this was a movie about fashion, but what Mary Bolin had on, because she was a peacock and she was uppity and wanted to, wanted to be a big fish in a little pond. And honey, she didn't, she was give she gave Mae West a run for her money from the neck down. That woman, I don't, how old was this, uh, is, was Mary Bowling? I mean, she had to be in her like forties and she was, a, she was a brick house. Oh yeah. I was amazed at how she pulled off those fashions. Beautiful figure. Oh yeah, definitely. And, oh. And, uh, and Egbert Flau, Charles Ruggles, uh, uh, character, nothing, no words can describe his drip. Uh, as as the cool kids say, or his outfits, you have to see them for yourself. <laughs> I mean, and so just the opening shot, or one of the opening shots with his shoes alone, I was I was screaming. I was like, I had to pause it. I had to go back. I was like, I was I was I couldn't even understand what they were listening to what they were saying. His shoes, and, and so just so just for the fashion guys, it was freaking over the top and hilarious. <laughs> Okay, I think I'm going to go ahead and set up the movie. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about the plot. Um, the movie is set in 1908, and we have a very proper English valet. He's a gentleman's gentleman, and he, he learns from his employer, the Earl of Bernstead, that, and he, he just, the way he tells him that he's, wagered him and lost him in a poker game and he's supposed to go to america not just america we're talking about the wild wild the wild and woolly west with his new employers and his new employers 
are these rather um, unsophisticated, hick new millionaires, and hilarity ensues. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's so fun. So Roland Young, we left him out. He's a great character actor and known for British and American film, for that matter. He plays uh, the Earl, and um, this is a clinic, in my opinion, Georgia. You know, if, you know, I don't know if people still study acting or not. I don't know. But anyway, but you know, if one wants to study how to how to use facial expressions and body language and not a whole lot of dialogue and just chop chop dialogue and just stiff straight and be a riot, Charles Lawton, he is the master of that in this movie. You know, it, I, I couldn't agree with you more. He is, I think, has to be one of the absolute greatest character actors of all time. And, you know, and each movie that he made was evidence of his virtuosity. I mean, this is a virtuoso performance. Yes. I mean, this movie showcases his amazing talent, you know, because before this, he had played kind of like monster villain types. But let's what, look at what he's done. He did Captain Bly. He did Henry VIII. He did Quasimodo. And mm -hmm. when he does this role as as Ruggles, this is such a genuine surprise. It will astound you to see his polished performance. And he gets the audience to just laugh so easily. But like you said, his facial expressions, they crack me up. Oh, yes. my gosh. They're just, <laughs> you yes. have to, I, this is just, but the thing is, is he doesn't mug because we're so no. used to seeing like, Maybe Jim Carrey or Jerry right. Lewis. He doesn't do it, but he's still just as funny, if not funnier than yes. they are. Yes, yes. This this is, I'm telling y'all, if, if you want to go back to, for those of us who really love movies, especially 30s movies and, you know, kind of pre-codish kind of eras and stuff, it is, it is so freaking funny. And like I said, looking, and, and so... Even though it's about him, he's a central character or the story's about him. But character development, and again, like I said, pitch perfect casting, perfect acting, and the cinematography and how they shot the movie and how the camera work, you know, when it's time for a close-up or it's time for a wide shot or, you know, the positioning of wherever the camera wants. And, and it's, it's perfect because you're going to get it. And there's no really, like I said, gags or mugging. But whatever the affection is, I mean, and I, you know, whatever <laughs> the the tone, I mean, is the camera and the actors do it all. You know, there's music and all this kind of stuff, but it's just pitch perfect acting and production. Well, I think this movie is, you know, uh, such a great blend of um, comedy and there's sentiment, but without being overly sentimental and. Yes. It is just so, uh, it's such a great slice of Americana. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a very charming and winning film. And scene after scene is just so funny and endearing. It has so much heart to it. Uh, but like you said, his facial expressions are, are very subtle, but they're fascinating. And his, his that little coy smile of his just sells this movie. Yes. Right. Um uh, but, you know, I think it's it's an amazing study in contrast because you've got Americans who are shown as being gregarious and friendly and spontaneous. And 
they can't tell the distinction between a servant and his employer, which I think is kind of funny. And then on the other hand, you have such contrast because you see the British Mm -hmm. who are so very staid, very, you know, they stay within their social constraints and structures. It's just very much about class distinctions. Right. And so that's, part of the soul and secret of this movie is the contrast that you see throughout this movie between the old classic British sensibilities and their way of doing things and what's considered proper and Americans who they blur that line of distinction. They don't, they don't see it or, or understand it. And what I like about this movie is it makes fun of everybody. It makes, it pokes fun at Americans. It pokes fun at Britain. It just does everybody, but it does it in such a way that's not mean. It's just, it's just, you know, comical, but it's done in a very um, endearing way. Yeah. I love how you say that. Um, and, it, and the movie is about the American dream. And, and uh, Lawton does, he recites the Gettysburg Address. And when he, and when he does that, you know, I'm not going to give it away, but it's, it was under the context that uh, here was a foreigner who came to America and so valued and treasured the American spirit of anyone can pick his or herself up by their bootstraps and, and be given an opportunity to make it and rise above their station in life. And juxtapose that, like Georgia was saying um, in the scene where he cites the uh, Gettysburg Address, where the Americans, you know, it was, it was like she said, 1901. So it was a little far removed from the, um, from the Civil War. Um, but certainly they had, had people were alive, you know, in 1901 who were alive during the Civil War and how people, how America had moved on and kind of like the Gettysburg Address and Civil, you know, the Civil War was, they had, America had put it behind them, but others who had a taste like Ruggles of the American dream, if you will, the American experience, how they so value that. And you can really, uh, really, really put that in today's terms. Like a lot of people who come here and, you know, things we take for granted, let's just be honest. They come here from very hard places and who come here and be naturalized and have to, you know, have to learn all of our history to become natural, legal U.S. citizens. And even some of the people who um, who may not come here legally, um, they take advantage of the opportunity you know, and I'm and I'm not going to get into the politics of that, but I I just I just you know it, it is what it is. It's like when you have something, it's just human nature. You take it for granted. Whereas some people who've been deprived that, they don't, and that's just human nature. You could say that for anything, you know. Moya, I just uh, so totally uh, agree with the comments that you just made, and you know. I felt just a little bit embarrassed in one part of the movie because the Americans could not remember what was being said, but you, but Charles Lawton, he, you see it through the eyes of a person who's a new immigrant to the United States. And there, there's so much trivia about this. And, and I, I think I really should mention it so that people, when they watch it, they'll have a little bit of an understanding of it. But um, when this uh, section section of the movie was filmed about the Gettysburg Address, 
um, it took a day and a half to film it because Charles Lawton became so emotional during the scene hmm. uh, that it took the director that that long to complete shooting it because he couldn't do it without breaking down. Wow. Um, it, Charles Lawton would later on refer to this recitation of the Gettysburg Address in the film as one of the most moving things that ever happened to me. Hmm. And he would recite it to the cast and the crew of Mutiny on the Bounty on the last day of shooting and again on the set of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. He also did it on the Ed Sullivan Show and he did it on the radio. The Gettysburg Address had such great personal significance to him because at that time he was considering becoming an American citizen oh. and he eventually did. Oh, wow. He did become an American citizen and some people say that... Um, because of his feelings about um, the American ideals of not of not having class distinction and the way that Americans uh, do things in a more democratic way, mm -hmm. when he would play with other British actors, sometimes it would cause friction between them because wow. that he was just so <laughs> so very outspoken uh, in his uh, ideals okay. about becoming an American citizen. But one of the things that I thought was kind of telling was that Nazi Germany banned the release of any German-dubbed version of this movie because of the Gettysburg Address speech wow. that's in this movie. Wow. But you have to look at the way it was filmed and why it is so impactful mm -hmm. because they don't, they don't put the way he recites it, the way he does, it's not overly dramatic. It's right. so beautifully done. A lot of school kids have to recognize that speech, yes. you know, when they're in grade school or something. But the way he does it, it's just, it's unforgettable. It, it just, it's indelible on your soul and on your spirit, the way he does it. But they don't put the camera on him. They, they right. it pans around the room, the audience, the faces of the people there. Yes. And so this is really a great movie, a, a great piece of film history that you're watching right here. It's it's you will not forget it. Oh yes, and um, I'm leaving out um another great character actress, uh, Maud Eburn, who played Ma Petting Pettingill. She's been in so many different things, and she chews up the the scene, and she steals scenes. Even with that, with that, how do you say that that mug of hers? Even if, so, even if she's not saying anything, how she can uh make her faces and stuff. And so I I gotta give her a shout out um to her and another James Burke, another who played Jeff Tuttle. Another, you've seen him in a million things. He's uh, he's always either playing a cop or something like that. So very, very funny. Um, I mean, just a great cast. This movie is so funny. I hadn't seen it, George, in a million years. And one of my favorite lines from it, and my, I, the last time I saw it, my mom was alive, and we laughed our behinds off. Um, I can't remember if she saw it or I was telling her about it. But one of my favorite scenes is... Um, Oh, I don't want to give too much away. Well, I, I'm going to give give it away. Um, they were talking about a restaurant. And and uh, um, Egbert, uh, Charles Lawton, um, Ruggles asked. Uh, they were talking about the restaurants they had in Red Gap. And he said, oh, yeah, we once had a chop suey joint. But uh, 
they, they um, and they said, well, what happened? Yeah, well, people were ordering ham and eggs and um, and a cook kept doing something Chinese to it. Girl, I was, the first time I saw it, my stomach hurt, I laughed. And because they said it just so matter of fact, just so, oh, it destroyed me. And so I couldn't remember what part it was in. So I remember telling my mom about that and it destroyed her. And so then, you know, I've seen it again and it just, it was funny all, all over again. And, you know, some people might, have, oh, well, that's, you know, but um, look, if you, look, you in Red Gap. You better learn how to make some Red Gap stuff. You can make all your st your other stuff when people want ham and eggs. You better make them damn ham and eggs the way they want them. <laughs> I'm just saying that. So yeah, so I laugh. But that, but you know, we laughed. But that was the 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 Wild West. I mean, it was rough, man. You had to be rough, tough. You couldn't be no. How do you say you couldn't be? It wasn't. It wasn't for the faint of heart. Um, but you know, but this red gap had kind of you know toned down con considerably, but it was still wild though. It was still it was just getting some law and order. It looked like Georgia, but yeah, you couldn't be be uh you know you couldn't be the half stepping as they say in in red gap. But yeah, it, but that's just one of the many. It's so hilarious. It was just a great great movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, this movie is a treasure. I, I just would recommend it. to. Uh, this is a movie. It's a must. Everyone should see it. Um, and, you know, I think there's some definite lessons in this movie. Um, but to me, there's they're both intertwined with like what you mentioned earlier, Moya, about freedom and independence and individuality. And, you know, I, I, what I loved about Ruggles is the fact that there's this transformation and you know he you don't let what generations before you dictate what you do what other people tell you to do follow the thing do the thing that you love that you know that you were born to do do that and you know it's amazing how the universe all came together to just support this yeah. whole thing and yes. and so and it shows that this is the place, this is why people from all over the world come here because they feel like they, this is the place where they can do it, where they can have a better life. And, and, and it was so funny because at the beginning he's so horrified. Oh yeah. Yeah. He is. He, and, but look how refined he, he was so loyal to uh, the Earl yeah. You know, he didn't get, he didn't go crazy or he, cause he certainly could have punched him in the face because, you know, I, I'm gonna tell you some of that kind of cringed me a little bit because it wasn't, it wasn't slavery. It wasn't that, but the, the uh, servitude of it all that you could just be uh, gambled away, you know, but the irony uh, of this, you know, a lot of stars back there in the, in the Hollywood system, they got gambled away their contracts or they had to go and, you know, uh, going a movie to settle gambling debts and all. I think that that happened to Betty Davis uh, and and uh, Errol Flynn. I I, I want to say, um, and I might be getting confused, but several big stars had to go <laughs> go be in movies they did not want to be in because they got lost in a poker game. So I so it, it, that was ironic with this as well. 
Oh, wow. That is so true. That's another form of like not having control over yes. your destiny. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. And you, it, yes, in Hollywood, even. Right. Right. That was crazy. Um, Just real quick, this was nominated for one Oscar and uh it it did not when it was nominated for best picture and but it did win the national board of review in the united states and national film preservation and the national critics award uh it's one of the top 10 films uh but i guess for 1935 and in 2014 um it's in the national film registry it was a winner and um and a new york film critics circle awards for 1936 lawton won for best actor um, not a, that was for Mutiny on a Bounty, but uh, like I said, it was a banner year for for Charles Lawton, um, and he is just one of the best actors ever. We've did several of his movies. This I I can't remember. This has got to be the third movie we did. We did uh, we just did the one with oh, the that, Paradigm yeah, and we did Hobson's Choice. Hobson's Choice, yes. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we'll do Mutiny on a Bounty because I love that movie. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. Okay, well, put that I haven't seen it. Henry the Eighth either. Yeah, I don't think I've. I may have seen bits and pieces of it, but I, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. So yeah, we got to put that one on. A, put those two on a list. But yeah, Mutiny on the Bounty, and I believe him and him and uh uh what's his name? Gosh, Gable. I think those two didn't really care for each other. Or I I got to go back and do research. Research, but uh the tension uh in that movie was kind of uh kind of real in that movie but i'll we'll have to go back and research it but yes um georgia that's all i have to say for ruggles of red gap i mean i really hope you guys get a chance to take a look at it we saw it on amazon prime for four bucks 3.99 um go and take a look at it you will not be disappointed if you are uh a fan of great acting, and if you're a fan of lawton this is one of his best this is a skinny or a small uh charles lawton too huh Oh yeah, I've never seen him as thin as he is in this movie. Yeah, that that was that was uh, I don't yeah I, I know I seen it years ago, but I forgot how spelled he was. I mean, he looks he so I I guess if those paychecks started rolling in regularly, and he said I'm gonna eat because <laughs> he 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 blew up literally and figuratively. He got too fat. much happy and eggy. <laughs> got bad. But no, that's I love uh, Charles Lawton, and and he's also good. Uh, Wasn't he in Witness for the Prosecution? That's one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah, he, he was in that movie. Yeah, didn't you? Did you see that one? Uh, bits and pieces. I haven't seen the whole thing all the way through. Yeah, well, we'll put that one on the list. I love him in that. I love him in, and and Marlena Dietrich. I mean, one of her best performances. and Tyrone Power perfect and and that's another hitchcock movie so anyway we'll get to those george i'm gonna give you the last word well i just want to say this movie is pure gold okay and you know it just makes you feel so good after you see it I, every time i see it i'm just grinning from ear to ear when i watch it yes and yes. so i'm telling you this if if you want to see a feel good movie this is the one to see Right. Um, and, and just a little, uh, him and his wife, his real life wife, Elsa Lan Lancaster or Lanchester, I can't, I always say her name. Lanchester. Thank you. Um, another hilarious movie there. And this really early is in the 1930s, the, um, the Beachcomber. Hilarious. So we, we got to do that. So these are some little small gems, uh, that, that, you know, they're not huge Hollywood, uh, 
films, but I mean, they're just so funny. So, Georgia, what's our next movie? Our next movie is... Da -da -da -da, drum roll. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Gone with the Wind. Woo! Yay! <laughs> We are finally going to tackle that behemoth. And uh, we're going to try to make it a one-shot deal, but I don't know. Um, we're we're going to try. We're going to see if we can do the impossible. Yes, Gone with the Wind with Miss Scarlet, the woman, the the girl. That's my girl, Scarlet. Oh, how, one, of my, one of my favorite, if not my favorite movie of all time, Gone with the Wind. I know that's like, oh, how dare she? What else? I love that movie and I love Scarlett O'Hara and tune in to our next podcast episode to see why. Georgia, what else you got for us before we get out of here? Honey, that's a wrap for me today. All right. Well, <laughs> we enjoyed it, guys. Ruggles of Red Gap. Check it out on Amazon Prime Video, 1935. Starring none other than the great Charles Lawton. So, for How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood, I am Moya. And I'm Georgia. And you guys, take care. See you next time.